How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. Today we're talking about three potential cuts that this team could make after spring training. You know, there's a couple of position battles unfolding um, starting in about two weeks now, 24th, actually a little bit less than two weeks, which is really good news because I am dying for some freaking baseball already. I know Ryan feels the same way. We're losing sleep over this. Um, but, you know, we definitely have some players that could be either traded or released depending on kind of their situation. Maybe they don't have many minor league options left. Maybe they have some some value as back-end bullpen arms that other teams may be willing to pluck and we could supplement other positions with. So we have a couple names that uh, definitely fit the bill, and we have reasonings behind each one of them. So Ryan, before we dive into it, how do you do today, my friend? I'm doing great. You know, when looking at this Yankee roster, um, I think that it speaks to some of the players we we're talking about here. You wouldn't consider cutting them on other teams. Um, and I think that speaks to the depth on the roster. I know a lot of people are kind of down on the team for just signing Carlos Rodon as a big addition. But end of the day, a lot of this offseason was bringing certain guys back and um, having that one big splash. Um, you know, left field still remains a question mark, but I think, you know, that'll make for an interesting spring training battle. Um, and, you know, without further ado, I think I'm kind of excited to hear your list here. Yeah, so ultimately, when you're looking at the top guy for me, I think I'm going to go with Estevan Florial as like my projected surprise cut. And maybe it's not so surprising, but he was a former number one prospect on this team, once considered a five-tool player that was going to make an impact in the outfield for the Yankees. And notably, as a, as a center fielder, you know, has the range, has a good arm, he's a switch hitter, he's got uh, some uh, power to his bat. Problem was, never really translated, maybe he never was given a consistent sample size to really showcase what he could do, uh, mainly because the strikeout rate, the chase rate, the whiff rates were just so high, you know, 30% strikeout rate at the AAA level did not translate well to the M. MLB, 37% uh, strikeout rate over 17 games last year, which is his largest sample size of action in the majors um, since his first taste of it, I think maybe in 2020, was it? Um, so obviously the wrist injuries have kind of held him back. He's gone through a couple of unfortunate scenarios that have really limited his production, limited his growth, but he just really hasn't taken that big step forward. Now he has one final opportunity. He has no minor league options left. The Yankees are going to have to make a decision with him one way or another. If he comes onto the scene and shows you know, just ridiculous amount of um, potential and, and maybe just put some good baseball on the diamond, they can justify giving him a roster spot for the time being. But if they could just keep, if they keep him at AAA, you know, they can't bring him up again. Like if they can't send it back down, if they bring him up, it's done. Like he, there's nowhere to go, but out of the organization. Um, at the end of the day, another team can come and pick, uh, pick him up pretty, pretty simply there. Uh, but you know, Esteban Florio, this is his chance. Brian Cashman has, has been saying it's between him, Hicks, and Oswaldo Cabrera. So uh, if, if there's any time for him to showcase his qualities, it's now. Now, he did play a couple of games, I think 13 games in the Winter League, the Dominican Winter League, and he really sucked. He was awful, hit below 100. I think he was a, maybe, what is it, a 10% on base rate. He just did not look good. And if you're not cutting it in the Winter League in the Dominican Republic, your show is not going to cut it in the majors against some of the best players the world has to offer. So Esteban Florial, it seems like his time might be coming to an end. Do I think he got dealt a, a tough hand at times? Yes, I do. I think the lack of consistency certainly demoralized him. Um, but I will say this, his time is just running short. He doesn't have much of an opportunity left. So unless he puts together a ridiculous spring, I think the Yankees may end up cutting him after this spring training uh, comes to an end, Ryan. But what are your thoughts on him and then give me your first guy on the list? 
Yeah, so um, first off, Esteban Floyal, as you mentioned, it's kind of a, an issue of the talent may still be there. We, you know, know that he has, you know, pretty good speed. Um, you know, the, the bat isn't, you know, the bat is one of those things where his, his power is supposed to be pretty good. Um, we've seen it in minor league baseball where he's been able to uh, have some pretty good home run streaks. But the, as you mentioned, the hit tool, the strikeouts are bad. And then defensively in center field, he's actually graded out pretty poorly last year in a pretty small sample size. But uh, it, it is notable that he didn't play too well in center field. Um, uh, and kind of getting it started with the first player on my list. He's kind of a player in a similar situation as Florial. I picked Davey Garcia. Now, um, Florial and Davey are both guys I think the Yankees wouldn't, like, remove off of their 40-man roster if they had minor league options. But I don't think – I'm pretty sure – I know Davey doesn't. I'm pretty sure Florial doesn't either. They don't have minor league options, and that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, Davey Garcia, I think, still has pretty good stuff. You know, if you look at his curveball, his fastball, um, you know, his sweeping slide, like he has some pretty good pitches in there. It's just the command is awful. Um, you know, end of the day, um, he's revamped his pitch mix a lot over the last few years. I, I think some of the changes should help him, but I just don't think he has enough time. He's not like he's – you can't even say, like, he's 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 never going to make it at the major league level. He's 23, right? Like – there are some guys in the Yankee farm system who have I'm pretty high on the pitching side of the ball who are either a year younger or just as old as him, right? So end of the day, I can't sit here and tell you Davey Garcia's career is over, right? Maybe he's not a starter. Maybe he's just a really good reliever. But can the Yankees really justify putting him on the on the 26-man the roster, um, you know, ahead of some of the guys, you know— I guess he'd be battling like an Albert Abreu for a spot, but when Michael King comes back from the IL, you know that's that's already that it's down to those two. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, I don't think I think if we looked at it right now, you know Albert Abreu, you don't have to think Albert Abreu is great or anything, but versus Davey Garcia, I think you kind of just trust Abreu a little bit more to be a major league caliber guy. Now if Davey comes out in spring and he looks great, you know I could change things, but I, I just think there's not the, the minor league options. I don't. Th I think this is kind of the last time we're going to see Davey Garcia in pinstripes. Yeah, you might be right there. And it was, it's so unfortunate because he looked so sharp when he first made his initial impression. And we were like, oh, crap, this guy could be something special. And suddenly everything fell off. I don't know if it was due to injury or what happened to him, but it just was unfortunate that he wasn't able to capitalize on that opportunity and continue to compound on the success. But speaking of Albert Abreu, that's actually one of the guys on my list. I don't think that he um, will stick around with this team, mainly because there's a reason they traded him last year. And I find it quite conspicuous you might say, that he was traded to the Rangers. The Rangers didn't want him. He goes to the Royals. The Royals didn't want him. And then he ends up all the way back with the Yankees. And, you know, he actually put together decent numbers with the Yankees over 25 innings. Um, I think it was like a 3-1-2, 3-1-6 ERA, something like that. So, you know, he's a he's a uh, velocity over uh, command type of guy. Like, that's that's what he does. He can hit tri triple digits with his fastball. He can throw that thing, throw the freaking the, the cover off of the ball, but at the end of the day, sometimes he gets a little wayward with his command, and that can lead to walks. It can lead to um, opportunities for hitters to take advantage, and Ultimately, the reason I think that he ends up getting the short stick on this one is because I think that they really like Vandy Va Randy Vasquez, and I think they really like Johnny Brito. And I think that one of those two guys is going to get an opportunity, and they're not going to let it go. I think these guys have better uh, command. They have a little bit more longevity. Um, and, you know, it's just potential. And I think Albert Brayu, there's a reason he was being tossed around like a ragdoll last year, because and nobody's team really wanted to give him an opportunity, a legitimate one at that. Only reason the Yankees stuck around with him, I think, was because Miguel, Miguel Castro missed a significant amount of time, and they, they needed just a guy to eat 
eight innings in the middle of the of the bullpen there. So, you know, Albert Abreu, I would not be surprised if he's cut. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the 26-man roster um, as well. Uh, either way, I think it's, you know, a fair shot, but I think he might be an interesting cut that the Yankees may want to give a, a younger reliever with a little bit more command and opportunity. So who's the second guy on your list? Yeah, so I think you make some excellent points with Abreu. Um, you know, there's guys like Matt Crook, left-handed. The Yankees do need left-handed relievers. We mentioned, you know, if Michael King comes back in spring training and is fully healthy, which we've had conflicting reports. Some reports have said, no, you know, he's not going to be ready by then. And then other reports have said, no, he'll be ready by spring training. So I guess this is kind of a wait and see. You know, when Aaron Boone finally addresses uh, the media at some point, you know, I guess we'll get some updates on certain guys that we don't really know are, are available or not. Um, but assuming Michael King is available, Matt Crook, I think, would push a Bray out of a bullpen spot just based on being a lefty, right? And and at this point, you know, uh, it's if you're going to go with, you know, guys who are kind of still projects, I, I think you go with the left-handed pitcher there. Um, but the second guy on my, lif- uh, my list was Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Now, there was the report that the Yankees are kind of looking to see Peraza and Volpe perform well in spring before moving one of their infielders. The two guys they're looking to move are either Glaber or IKF, right? Um, and quite frankly, again, I've said this time and time again, this team needs Glaber Torres right now. Glaber Torres is not an expendable. Glaber Torres is not an optional piece. Glaber Torres is not a luxury. Glaber Torres is a necessity. He's probably this team's like fourth best hitter, right? Um, you know, I, I think Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, if you want to argue LeMayhew, LeMayhew. But outside of that, Glaber's uh, clearly one of the best hitters on this team. Um, you know, I, I still think the potential for him to have a better offensive season is there. The barrel rate's really good. The max exit velocity, his ability to hit home runs. Uh, he still doesn't have a high chase rate, so still a decently patient hitter despite a lower walk rate. Um, you know, if he goes out there and gives you, you know, uh, a 115 to 120 WRC plus from the second base position. That's huge. And second base defense is more important than ever without the shift. Uh, I believe Cameron Grove run, ran this uh, study where second base out of all the infield positions is going to have the uh, greatest increase in terms of uh, value or in terms of, you know, you need good defense there. You can't just stick some random guy at second base and hope it works. This is important for Volpe, who, you know, we've talked about is more of a range instead of arm guy. That should totally help him play the position well. Gleyber Torres took a lot of big steps this year in terms of his defense so uh perhaps we see Gleyber Torres uh do a little bit better there and and according to baseball prospectus his range runs were pretty good so he has some pretty good range it should definitely help him his instincts got better uh so end of the day I feel like IKF is just the odd man out between the two it's very clearly that Gleyber is a better player and the Yankees are looking to at least move one of them yeah, I think we're kind of in the same boat. IKF, if he loses that shortstop battle, you know, we've heard Brian Hoke say that maybe they'll utilize him as a utility role, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just traded him and offloaded the $6 million because they can't get rid of Donaldson. Too much money, too much baggage. Um, and Hicks, obviously, we know nobody really wants him. Those guys would have been traded already if there was, um, you know, any chance it could happen. Unless injuries ha- occur and they just somebody needs a starting third baseman or outfielder and the, they're the best options available. Um, unfortunately, I don't see them as a probable movable pieces. So IKF has value and you can clear some salary and still, um, you know, utilize that and, and reallocate the funds. But, you know, the third guy on my list um, is not a player that, you know, some people may think. And I, I think that this guy has a shot to make the roster, but I think he'll be cut because the Yankees kind of want to go more in the youth direction, I think, in the future. And maybe that is an impact 
uh, what they do this upcoming season. But I'm going to go with Rafael Ortega as a guy uh, who they cut because while I like Rafael Ortega, not much of a power guy. You know, he's got some pop to his bat as a lefty. Um, he can do some stuff for you. But at the end of the day, I think the Yankees prefer to just roll with Hicks because as long as Hicks is on this roster, he's going to be the backup unless Oswaldo Cabrera is going to be your super utility piece. I don't think they necessarily need Rafael Ortega. You still have Stanton who, you know, Boone has already said is going to play some right field and just kind of help mitigate any fatigue for Aaron Judge. So I think Ortega, while has a while he has a good opportunity to make the team, I don't think that he ends up making it and ends up releasing him. And I think some people do believe that he will be on this roster. Uh, but, you know, you only have got 26 spots, and I just I don't think he cracks it. But, Ryan, who's the last guy on your list? I'm curious to see what you have cooked for us. Yeah, so you mentioned Hicks there, and, and I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed to see that we don't have Donaldson Hicks on this list. I think both of us would agree. You know, the Yankees are not going to, if the Yankees are going to pay $10 million to a league average player in Aaron Hicks or, or $25 million to a league average player in Josh Donaldson, they're going to want them on their roster, right? Um, I like Rafael Ortega. He got non-tendered. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the Yankees traded for him or he was a major league free agent and signed with the Yankees. He was non-tendered by the Cubs, a team that isn't a playoff team, decided he wasn't worth a roster spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't really call him a certified league average left fielder. I can tell you Aaron Hicks is a league average left fielder. So, you know, if the Yankees want to move money around, I think one way to do it could be potentially Lou Trevino. Lou Trevino got a $4.1 million deal, which was interesting because he's not late into his arbitration. He's very early on. I mean, this is his, he's, he's not a free agent until 2025. So he still has about a year, uh, about another year of arbitration remaining. Um, so I'm a little bit confused as to why they gave him $4.1 million. Um, but I think that might have been just because they, they're thinking about trading him, right? I mean, let's let's put it, let's let's think of it like this. The Yankees could free up $4.1 million. We talked about ICAF, right? Is the difference in $2 million going to be enough for them at the deadline to not do anything? I'm not sure. And then if they move both of them, right, now you have $10 million to play with. You know, if a Brit, like we've been talking about, if Peraz has a really good camp, man, you know, ICAF probably gets dealt. Um, if, you know, one of these guys, you mentioned Abreu or, or Davey, or you mentioned Vasquez or Brito or Crook, if, some, if two of those guys have a really good spring, are, is, is, Lou Trevino, is Lou Trevino suddenly expendable? Do you look at Lou Trevino and you say, all right, you know what? You will we'll look at a contending team. Los Angeles, the Angels. Let's look at their bullpen. They could use a Lou Trevino. They could use a shortstop. How about we give you IKF and Lou Trevino? You give us a, you know, one of your like a 25th best prospect. That's a deal right there. They can move $10 million in luxury tax space. Jerks and Profar are still on the market. Matt Moore is still on the market. Zach Britton is still on the market. If the Yankees want to make another sign, they could in that situation. I know I'm lumping Zach Britton in, Zach Britton in there. I, I wouldn't really consider him the same free agent as those two guys. I think Profar and Moore, you kind of consider immediate impact guys. Britton, I'm not sure I'd be able to trust to pitch for you all full season. But if the Yankees want to make any late additions, Luke Trevino being moved could potentially play a factor in that. You know, if the Yankees have $10 million to work with suddenly, $10 million, right? You need to tell me Profar is going to go for... Three and a half million more than David Peralta just went for? Absolutely not. Not in this market. And if the Yankees were able to add a Jerkson Profar, the question I ask for fans at home, would you rather have Lou Trevino and IKF? And, you know, would you rather have IKF on the bench and Lou Trevino as your seventh reliever or Jerkson Profar in your lineup and being like your seventh hitter? Like, that's a significant upgrade offensively. You're going from a below average hitter to a guy who had a 110 WRC plus. That's a 20 point WRC plus swing. For context, uh, 
Anthony Rizzo had a 132, right? If you take away 20 WRC plus points, 112, I mean, dude, that's a huge swing. That's a huge swing. I, I don't think people talk about that enough. You know, that's a huge offensive swing. And you're getting a switch hitter who would be going from San Diego, which is not great for home runs for left-handed hitters, to Yankee Stadium, which obviously is very good for left-handed hitters to hit home runs in. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of spewing my thoughts here and kind of having a little bit of a, you know, maybe I'm galaxy braining this too much. I'm overthinking the situation. But it's weird that the Yankees gave Lutrevino more money than they gave Juani Peralta and it's weird that Lutrevino is seen as like the seventh best reliever on this team it, it doesn't really it feels like a trade could be coming I mean look when it comes to the financials and the decisions they make for these guys it doesn't make much sense to me some of them I mean you could look at a lot of these contracts and be like why haven't they tried to move them I mean they could end up trying to move Glaber Torres later on this season and saving a couple million dollars and like give him about 10 million dollars in arbitration um, so, you know, we'll see how they, how they go about this, but always happy to hear your thoughts in the YouTube comments section. Make sure to drop your, uh, perspectives, any players you think could be surprise cuts or maybe just fringe roster guys or whatever you think. Always happy to have a good conversation down below. As always, my friends, make sure to like, and subscribe as always. Enjoy the Super Bowl tonight. Let's go Chiefs. Screw the Eagles. All Yankee fans or all New York fans, I think should be, even if you're a Jets fan, Eagles, ugh, just Philadelphia in general. So hopefully we got we got a dub from the Chiefs tonight, and we, and we can uh, celebrate the Eagle, the Philadelphians burning their own city down as they usually do. Uh, but hopefully uh, uh, we get some we get some good laughs and some good um, some good uh, football tonight. Make sure to have a fantastic rest of your evening. As I said, like and subscribe. We'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.